Yes, yes, last week I came in and said, anytime you hear me coming to message clapping, you know it's going to get real. And somebody dropped in the comment section, Jay, you always clapping. <laughs> Each and every week you always come in clapping. And I'm excited for this message on tonight. And I'm going to tell you why. During study time, I felt particularly burdened from this topic. This, this topic that we're going to have on tonight was one that was weighty for me. Because I believe a lot of us are leaving places and locations premature. So I, I just believe that this message is going to bless your life. Would you go ahead and tag us? Let us know where you are in the world. Everybody in the comment section, give a shout out from where you're from. The UK, America, Ireland, wherever you're from. Let us know where you are and how this pressure series is blessing your life. And it's almost time. Don't forget... June the 17th, we are, having, we are having our reopening of in-person service. We would love to have you in the house, and I am ready to get to work. Exodus chapter 4, Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it's going to be our foundational text. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it down, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Church family, the perplexing thing about this, this biblical narrative, the perplexing thing about our foundational text that became powerful to me as I was engaged in sermon prep over the last few days is God is introducing himself to Moses. I'm like, what an introduction, Lord. Like, this is the first time Moses is ever actually encountering you. First, it starts with the bush being on fire. Then out of the bush, you call his name. And then from there, you ask him to go to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses starts articulating to you all his inadequacies and all of his deficits. You tell him to throw his staff down, and it becomes a snake. What an introduction. <laughs> What an introduction. This is a beautiful way, Jehovah, for you to introduce yourself to Moses. Moses throws his staff on the ground, and it becomes a snake, and Moses runs from it. Can you blame him? Can you blame him? Moses had to be like me. I think Moses and I would have been great friends because Moses and Jerry, we don't do snakes. We don't do snakes. I'm not curious about them. I don't like them. I will never own one as a pet. I will never pet one. You will never see me in a picture with one. I don't do snakes. In fact, I treat every single serpent I see as though it's poisonous. Every snake, every snake I see, I treat it like it's poisonous because I'm not a herpetologist. A herpetologist is one that studies reptiles and amphibians. They could tell you what type of snake this is and what breed this is. I'm not that dude. I don't know if this is a coral snake, if this is a rattlesnake, a western diamondback rattlesnake, if this is a mamba, if this is a I don't know. I don't know. So I'm treating every single snake as though it's venomous. 
Anybody else in the room, you draw, I'm with you, Jay. I don't, I don't do snakes. If you do, if you do snakes, that's cool. <laughs> you got dominion over all the beasts of the field. But it, that's not me. I don't do snakes, and I treat every single snake I see as though it is venomous. And I exercise caution each and every time I see one. What if we were to live our life like that? What if we were to live our life like, I don't know if this is venomous for my destiny, so I'm going to exercise caution. Yeah, you fine, but I don't know if this is venomous for my calling, so I'm going to exercise caution. I don't know if this is just an opportunity or is this a God opportunity, so I'm going to exercise caution. I don't do snakes, and Moses doesn't do snakes either. But, but the perplexing thing about this and the puzzling thing about this particular passage of scripture is I see two powerful things. Number one, what God told him to do with the snake. And then number two, where God told him to grab the snake. (laughs) What God told him to do with the snake and then where God told him to grab the snake. Moses has a staff, throws his staff on the ground, it becomes a snake, and he runs, and God says, Moses, grab it. What? God is is hissing at me, it's hissing at me and stuff. I don't really know. Moses, grab the serpent. I don't know, Moses. I don't know, Lord. It it keeps sticking his tongue out at me. Moses, I know what it is. I created every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. I want you to grab the serpents. Here it is, church family. What are you running from that God is telling you to seize? Oh, it's for somebody. What are you running from that God is telling you to seize? I wonder, are there any runners in the room? Yeah, it's getting hot. Coming for your edges now. I wonder, are there any runners in the room? People who constantly run. You live a life looped of forever running from, but never running to. You run, you run, you run, you run. There is a pressure. There is a pressure for you to remain. And so you run, you run, you run. When it's hard, you run. When it's scary, you run. When it's uncomfortable, you run. When it's difficult, you run. When things are good, you run. When things are bad, you run. They seem too good to be true, you run. When you think you have ruined something beyond the state of repair or or restoration, you run, you run, you run, you run. What are you running from that God is telling you to seize? Called you to ministry, you run from that. Hard conversations, you don't actually have the confrontation. You don't actually confront them and have the conversation, you run. You run, you run. PhD and running from, GED and working through. You run, you run, you run. When it's challenges, you run. When it's dark, you run. No clarity, you run. Clarity, you run, you run, you run. PhD and running from, GED and remaining to work through. I wonder if there's anybody watching this message on tonight that you're a runner. You're a runner. And every facet of your life, you run. 
run from your problems, always running late, stay running your mouth, <laughs> keep on running up your blood pressure, constantly running red lights, keep on running game. <laughs> You have a runny nose. Every single thing about your life, you just constantly keep running, 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 running. And I came here on tonight, and I feel burdened with this message, y'all. What are you running from that God is telling you to seize? God is telling you to seize, but you constantly keep running. But here's the thing, y'all. Running from it, running away, won't make it go away. I'm talking to somebody. Running away won't make it go away. It won't, it won't make it go away. You could move. You could change your career. You could change clothes. You could change houses. You could change spouses. You could change your eye color. You could change your hairstyle. You could change your lips. You could change your hips. You could change your breast. You could change your backside. But here's the thing. You can't outrun you. You can't outrun you. So wherever you go... There you are. <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are running, 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 running. And now it makes sense. This is how a lot of people have a resume of going ghost. And you know what ends up happening? Our heart is the collateral damage of them running from themselves. I know it hurt, but ma'am, sir, don't take it personal because they're not running from you. They're running from themselves and they're running from God. And you're taking it personal. I know it hurt. They didn't call you back. You got no closure. They didn't tell you anything. But you required real. And anytime you want real, you want them to be real honest. You want them to be real genuine. You want them to really tell the truth. And being with you was causing for the fake me to catch up. And I didn't want you to see the real me make his debut. So I keep on running. Because as I look over my shoulder, the real me is catching up. Because wherever you go. Please hear me, y'all. Wherever you go, there you are. Running. Now, some of it right now, you're running because you think you're making peace by avoiding this conflict. But truthfully, sometimes all that really did was declare war in your soul. All that did was declare war in your soul. You're running, but you can't fill a void. You avoid. I can't run from everything. Some things I have to confront, and there's a pressure to just avoid it. But you cannot fill a void you avoid. You run, you run, you run, you run, you run, you run, you run. It's hard. You run, you run, uncomfortable. You run, you run. You don't like what they said. You run, you run, you run. But here's the thing, y'all. Here's the thing. Many times, what you don't even recognize is you're going to get clarity if you don't run, but you remain. I just feel like God is speaking to somebody right now. He's saying, listen, I want you to seize this. Seize it. Seize it. Seize it. Your joy, seize it. Your peace, seize it. Your passion, seize it. Your devotion, seize it. Your faithfulness, seize it. Your doubt, seize it. Your fear, I need you to seize it. What acronym, what acronym would you let fear be defined in as your life? Forget everything and run or face everything and rise. Preach Holy Ghost. Did y'all hear what I just said? What acronym will you let your fear be in your life? Forget everything and run or face everything 
and rise. We run, we run, we run, we run, we run. God, this is a snake. I know what it is, Moses. Seize it. Grab it. Now, here's the crazy thing. The power in the text to me becomes then where God tells him to grab it. <laughs> Look how much we get from one verse. This is why you should read your Bible. This is why you should exegete your Bible. This is a question that I've been asking myself lately. Under your leadership and under your pastoral care, under your ministry and your sermons, will people become more and more like Jesus? I don't want just hype. I don't want just histrionics. I want depth. I want maturity. And I want growth. God wants us to stop running. I need, you, I need you to stop running. The power in the text then becomes where God tells Moses to grab it. He says, Moses, reach out your hand and grab it by the tail. All right. Once again, I'm not a herpetologist. Now, growing up, my favorite two channels were the Weather Channel and Animal Planet. I wasn't the child that just loved Cartoon Network and loved Nickelodeon. They were cool, but the shows I really liked were on Animal Planet and the Weather Channel. Now, I watched a lot of episodes on the Animal Planet, and uh, I can never recall seeing anybody grab a snake by a tail. <laughs> You're never going to catch Jerry, like I said before, on Animal Planet, grabbing any type of snake, saying, look at here, she's a beauty. She's a beauty, but you got to be careful because she can strike whopping fast. I'm never going to be on Animal Planet doing that. <laughs> That's not me. I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm preaching high pitch because I'm trying to get y'all to be convinced. Jerry's never going to grab a snake. But there's one thing that I researched this weekend because that was standing out to me. Moses grab it by the tail. Now, I'm not a herpetologist. That's one who studies reptiles and amphibians, nor am I a snake catcher. But as I begin to do some research, the methodology, if you're crazy enough to ever grab a snake, is not by the tail. You grab the snake behind the head. Okay. All right. So research says if you want to grab a snake, grab it by the head. Scripture says Moses, grab it by the tail. Research says if you want to be vulnerable to get bit, by this snake, try to grab it by the tail. Scripture says, Moses, grab the serpent by the tail. Research says, if you want to be in the ER and have a high deductible because you got bit by a western diamondback rattlesnake, try to grab this thing by the tail. But over here in Scripture, Scripture says, Moses, grab the serpent by the tail. Moses throws down his staff. It becomes a snake. He runs from it. And God says, I want you to do something that makes you vulnerable. I, I want you to do something that makes you vulnerable. I want you to seize this to where the only person that you could trust is me. I want you to seize this so that you could know when you don't get bit and this turns back into a staff, I am the Lord thy God who has summoned thee. I want to put you in a situation and a predicament where you have no other choice but to trust me. Now, you, let's go a little deeper. You have to understand that in the scriptures, head means authority. Head means authority. So it's like, okay, you grab the tail. Don't worry about the head because I'm the head over the head. Y'all missed it. Don't worry about, don't worry about the head. I have authority over the serpent. 
Head in scripture is authority, which is how we see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, I will crush the head of the serpent. This means Jesus is going to crush the authority over darkness. Or even in First and Second Corinthians when it speaks about the husband being the head of the wife. He's saying, this is your authority. So really as I'm putting this together, God is saying, seize it because you have been given authority from the authority. So good, y'all. So good. Seize it because you have been given the authority to do so. Don't worry about the head. I'm the head over every head. Let's put it in more modern terms. We can understand it theologically. I am the king of kings. Don't you worry about that. I have given you authority. I'm trying to remind somebody on tonight that you are a dominionaire. How you like that word? I know you want to be a millionaire, but you are a dominionaire. You have authority. God has given you authority, and if you have authority, this means you have been authorized. I feel like I'm talking to somebody. You have been authorized. You have authorization to a new realm in me. You have authorization to your anointing. You have authorization to a new height in me. You have authorization to miracles, but stop running from the very thing that I have given you the authority to seize. And I wonder who's listening to this message on tonight. Well, you run. You run. You run. Somebody right now, God has been calling you and calling you, but you know what you do? You run. You run. There's a pressure. This series is hitting different. There is a pressure for you to run when you're scared when you don't want to confront them, when you don't like confrontation, when you don't know the outcome, the fear of the unknown, you run. And I wonder who God is speaking to right now. And he is saying, I have given you the authority to seize that. So God, would you help us? And this moment, and this time, there is a pressure for us to run there is a pressure for us to not face things. We constantly try to avoid it. But here's the thing, God. We're learning right now that you can't fill a void that you constantly avoid. Help us to stop running from the Holy Spirit. Help us to stop running from difficulty. Help us to stop running from conversations that need to be had. Help us, God, to have the boldness to remain and stop running from snakes that you have given us the authority and the power to seize. In Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, who can't believe that was just the introduction, could you drop in the room, amen. <laughs> amen. Moses, what is that in your hand? It's a staff. Throw it down. The staff becomes a snake. Moses runs from it. God says, grab it by the tail. What are you running from? That God has given you the authority to seize. As we continue this pressure series, I want to speak around this thought. I'm just being obedient. I had a whole nother direction that I was going to go for tonight. But I just felt during study time, this is the direction that the Holy Spirit wants me to go. And I always want to be a minister that listens to the Holy Spirit. Let's speak around this topic, this thought for just a few more moments. Stop running. Stop running. I don't know what your it is. I don't know what you're running from. Sometimes you're running from good things. 
Other times we're running from bad things. But God is calling somebody. This message has been customized by heaven just for you. I need you to stop running. I have given you authority to seize this. Stop running. Confession time. This one's going to hit different tonight, y'all. I just feel like I have some authority on the night. This is going to hit different. Can I get everybody to put this in the room in all caps? God, give me the boldness and the courage so that I won't run from promotion in disguise. One more time. Put it in the room in all caps. God, give me boldness and courage so that I won't run from promotion in disguise for many of us that's what it is it's promotion in disguise I hate mosquitoes anybody else? now listen you haven't seen a mosquito until you've seen a Houston Texas mosquito everything is big in Texas I, listen wherever you are in the world you might they might look like little gnats to you in Houston they can look like wasp I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> When these, wasps, when, these, when these mosquitoes bite you, it feels like you got stung. I can't stand. And don't let it rain. Like for Houston, it's been raining for days. When it rains, like whenever this rain stops, we are going to have like some gi ginormous mosquitoes. I don't like mosquitoes. I don't. One day, this was years ago, my daughter, she got bit by a mosquito. It was a big one, too. She started screaming. She was young. She was probably two, two years old. And... uh the next time, was a few days later, we were about to go outside. She said, Daddy, I don't want to go outside. I said, you love outside, baby. What's, what's wrong? I don't want to go outside. She said, I don't want to get bit by a mosquito. I said, oh, baby, if there's a mosquito, we'll swat it. We'll, we'll spray some off on you. You know, it's fine. So we go outside. She sees a mosquito. And what does she do? She does the Moses on him. She runs. That's <laughs> what so I start calling. She does the Moses. She runs. And I'm like, baby, just hit it. She's like, Daddy, I want to go inside. I said, baby. And I hit the mosquito, and I crushed it. I can't stand mosquitoes. They're like a blood-sucking pestilence. I just can't stand them. Can't stand mosquitoes. And so I hit it. I said, no, we, we, don't, we don't run from it. We have dominion over it. Don't, don't run from that. I saw a few moments later, my wife's coming out the house. We're about to get in the car. And Melody, my daughter, is just doing this. She's like, baby, what are you doing? She says, I'm trying to be like Daddy. Y'all missed it. <laughs> Daddy showed her, you have a level of dominion. You don't have to run from it. We're about to get in the truck anyway. You don't have to run from it. She's just really saying, I'm just operating in dominion like Daddy. I I'm walking in power like, under da like Daddy. I understand who I am like Daddy. And I'm trying to get somebody to understand your daddy doesn't run. <laughs> your daddy doesn't run. Jesus is so confident I just believe he had that savior swag when they ran up on Jesus because they were trying to find him because they were going to arrest him Jesus walked out and was like yo who you looking for it's like we, we looking for we looking for Jesus the Bible says they fell back read your text the Bible says they fell back Jesus wasn't scared he was like you looking for me I'm right here I'm right here our God does not run and there is a pressure there is a pressure for us to run for us to quit, walk away, try to avoid certain things when you're scared, when you're upset, when you're angry, we run. Run away from conversations that you need to have with the loved one, with the brother, with the sister. Instead of having them, you block them on social media. It's getting real now. You block them on social media, cut them off, 
They don't even know what's going on. Instead of having a conversation, you run. Just run from it. Some, com- some conversations and confrontations you have to have. You have to have. What you going to do when you get married? I was having this conversation with a brother not too long ago. So, yeah, when my girl get married, man, I, I just roll out. I said, listen, when you get married, that's going to be hard because she's sleeping in the bed with you. <laughs> Y'all living in the same house. You have to learn how to manage your anger and not always change your location. You run. You run. You run. And, and, and here's the thing. A lot of us are running to take ideas down. You posted a video on YouTube or Instagram and you run and take it down because it didn't get enough views or likes in the amount of time that you thought that it should get some attention. So you run. You run from this person's bed to that person's bed. You run to this relationship and that relationship and you got corrected at this church. So you run from that church and then you run to this church and you run from that idea and this idea and that idea. And a lot of times you have a great idea, but you won't post it because you You fear failure. You fear failure. And I'm trying to get somebody to understand that failure is a teacher, not an undertaker. Did y'all hear me? Failure is a teacher, not an undertaker. Can we talk? Can we talk, y'all? Many of us, you know the reason why you have not consumed fruit from your gift? is because you keep on chopping down the tree of your gift in winter. Stop cutting trees down in winter. Just because you don't see the growth of the fruit from it now does not mean it won't be in position to receive the pollination from spring. A lot of us are cutting trees down in winter. When it gets hard, you run. This is not a good idea, so you run from this idea to that idea. Failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is a part of success. And many times, what looks like failure to culture is success in the kingdom. And what is failure in the kingdom is success to culture. Failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of success. You can't experience muscle growth without muscle failure. You, you, you can't experience getting swole without muscle failure. <laughs> You, you can't experience growth without muscle failure. I wonder what person is watching this message on tonight. You want a destiny blessing, but you keep running from the very thing that God has given you the authority to seize. I wonder what kingdom man, what kingdom woman is watching this message on tonight, and you want God to breathe on your ministry, breathe on your idea or your platform, but you keep running from the very thing. That God has given you the authority to seize. I wonder what New York bestseller is watching me on tonight. But your book is unpublished. You know why? Because you keep running from the very thing that God has given you the authority to seize. I wonder what man, you have an amazing woman. You prayed for this woman, bro. You prayed for her. But due to your ex cheating on you, you constantly think that she might do the same thing and you haven't got on one knee and proposed to her and you're making all these excuses on why it's not you, it's me, it's not you, it's me. And you're trying to end the relationship. You know why? Because you're running. You're running from the very thing that God has given you the authority to seize. I wonder who keeps putting themselves in self-isolation. Self-isolation, not because things are so bad, but because things are so good. 
Because when you swim in the waters of historical trauma, good things feel like a setup. Good things feel like a setup. What are you running from that God has given you the authority to seize? And you fear failure, which has you cut down trees in winter. If I was a note taker, I would write this down. Are y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for this? Put this in your, your bathroom, on your refrigerator. If I was a note taker, I would write this down. Premature goodbyes will return as traumatizing hellos. Did y'all hear me? Premature goodbyes will return as traumatizing hellos. You're running from it, but you can never outrun you. Because wherever you go, there you are. You can get a different boo, but your personality didn't change. <laughs> so you end up building the same house, and you turn around and keep blaming them. Because wherever you go, there you are. Premature goodbyes will return as traumatizing hellos. Some things we have to confront. We have to confront. Do you realize that we never would have heard about the most iconic battle of all time? We never would have heard about it if when David saw Goliath, he ran from him. We never would have heard about it. Never. The Bible says that David ran to Goliath. He didn't run from Goliath. And we never would have heard this story if he ran from him because giants are always your promotion in disguise. Preach Holy Spirit. Giants are always your promotion in disguise. Oh, yeah, it's going to promote your, your prayer life. This giant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, this giant. Oh, it's going to promote your trust in God. Yeah, this giant. Sometimes it can promote your financial increase. Yep, but promotion always comes as giants. <laughs> it's a giant, but it's really promotion in disguise. And I know you're trying to get in shape. I know you're trying to get in shape. Me too. But running away is not a form of cardio. Running away is not a form of cardio, but it will cause cardiac problems. <laughs> it's, it's not a form of cardio. Some things I have to confront. What if I told you that a lot of us are running from things that are really thoughts that you have conjured up in your head? Listen. You have anxiety due to the way you think. I had an epiphany, y'all, just three days ago. I've heard this scripture my whole life. But for some reason, on Friday morning, the scripture, as a man thinketh, so is he, just had a light bulb moment. I was feeling some type of way about something, and it just came back to my mind. However you allow your mind to think right now. Is going to affect your mood for the rest of the day. Your mind is so powerful that you could choose if you're going to have a good day or a bad day based on how you think. Listen, you know what anxiety is? Anxiety is conspiracy, conspiracy theories against yourself. <laughs> anxiety. Conspiracy theories about yourself. So you are suffering in your imagination. That's being manifested in your reality. Did y'all hear me? You suffering in your head 
You're running because of what you're thinking in your head. So you're forever regretting the past and forever fearful of the future because of how you're thinking today. I need to say that again. Forever regretting the past and forever fearful of the future because of how you're thinking today. Today. A lot of this stuff that you're scared of, that I don't, I don't know if they're going to do it like this and I don't have time for that, is mental scenarios that you have in your head. Here's a word for somebody. Don't believe everything you think. That's a whole sermon. I might preach that later. But don't believe everything you think. I want to remind you from our biblical text, while you're overthinking and minimizing your milestones, but then put on a billboard your screw-ups, somebody's in bondage. Somebody's in bondage. While you're going back and forth with God. On how you're not qualified and you're not good enough and I don't have these amount of degrees and I don't have more degrees than a thermostat like he does or how she does. And I have all these failures and I have all of these things that are so bad. While you're going back and forth with God, somebody's in bondage. Moses, while you're going back and forth with God about I, I don't have good speech, I don't have, I have this stuttering and, uh, and, 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 and I don't want to stand before Pharaoh and sound like a, like a beatbox and I don't know what I'm saying and, and God, I'm not good enough. And you know what? You chose the wrong person and choose somebody else. Why are you doing all all that with God. God is saying, these people have been in bondage 400 years, and they have been crying out to me. While you're making excuses, somebody's in bondage. While you're like, I'm not a good author, and nobody's going to read this book, somebody's in bondage that their life is going to change from the book that you're going to write. I don't know if anybody was subscribed to my channel. I don't really know. While you're going back and forth, with whatever gift God has given you, somebody is in bondage. Let's make this personal. Jerry, while you're going back and forth with your wife and your parents about how Thursday night is never going to work and nobody's ever going to listen and nobody's ever going to come and nobody's ever going to watch, you had no idea in a few months there's going to be a global pandemic while you're going back and forth, somebody's in bondage. And you're watching this message on the night because I stopped running from the call. I know what it's like to be called, but feel as though you're inadequate. I know what it's like to feel called, but you're so different. I've been so different my whole life. I've always been different. Everything I've done, I've always been different. I never really felt peer pressure. I didn't care what people thought. I really didn't. You're not going to skip school? No, bro. You know my parents? You know what they're going to do to me? Oh, you weak. Say what you want. I'm not trying to get ground. I didn't feel peer pressure. There was always this different thing about myself. I was too different to be like them, but I was called to reach them. I've always understood there was something different about me. And while I was going back and forth, November of 2019, with my parents and with my wife about how I'm not going to do a Thursday service, we need to do a typical Sunday morning. Nobody does midweek service anymore. Somebody was in bondage. What are you running from? Please hear me. What are you running from that God has given you the authority to seize? Let's look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. This is giving, getting us into our next point. Look at this. Um, Exodus chapter 4, verse 5. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Okay. Point number one, running gets in the way 
of someone else's encounter. Oh, this is so good. Listen, running gets in the way of someone else's encounter. Look, look, look. Verse 5, it says, the Lord said, this is so that they may believe. Not you, Moses. Y'all missed it. Moses, this is so that they believe. You're running from something because of how you feel about it. But you don't even recognize you're running. is getting in the way of somebody else, meaning the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Can I get somebody to put in the room? It's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. Moses, this, this encounter is not just for you. It's for the people who've been praying to me and you have been marked to deliver. Somebody watching this message, you've been marked, but you've been so caught up with yourself. What you can't do and what you don't think you can do and I don't have the money to and I'm trying to get you to understand it's not about you. It's not about you. I told you, give, the God, give God your yes and he will hand you his wow. But you'll never experience the wow if you don't give God your yes. What are you running from? That God has given you the authority to seize. Because running gets in the way of someone else's encounter. Point number two, running keeps the part of you that you are running from. <laughs> running keeps the part of you that you, you are running from. There's a you, God is trying to break off of you. But when you keep running from you, you keep the part of you that you don't even like. <laughs> There's a part of you that God is trying to break off for you. But as you keep running from you, you are getting in the way of you being free. Running keeps the you that you are running from. Let me show you this guy. Let me show you this. Matthew chapter 14. This is so powerful. Matthew chapter 14, verse 17. It says, and they said to him, we have only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. That's important. Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed it. And he broke it. And he gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. So good, so good. Let's break this down. We don't have enough, Jesus. There are a lot of people here. Go ahead and send them home because we don't know how we're going to feed them. Jesus says, what do you have? Man, we only got two fish and five loaves. What that's going to do with these thousands of people? Give it to me. Listen, you give you are not enough to him who is more than enough. It's a process, y'all. Are y'all seeing this? They gave it. He blessed it. He broke it. Then he gave it to the multitudes. Listen, they gave it. He blessed it. He broke it. Then they gave it to the multitudes. One more time. They gave it. He blessed it. He broke it. And then gave it to the multitudes. A lot of us want the blessing, but we don't want to be broken. I'm trying so hard to teach this thing. We want 
okay, I want the blessed part. But God's like, okay, but you skip the give it part. We want the blessed part. But God's like, okay, I have to break you. Because if you want me to send you, I have to break you so that you can be sent. Listen, y'all. This right here looks just like a glue stick. That's all. It looks like a glue stick. God is like, if, if you give me what you think is not enough, there are people who live in darkness right now. There are people who see no need for repentance. And I know there's a pressure to give up. I know there's a pressure to run away. But if you give it to me, give it to me, I'm going to bless this. But many times blessing feels like breaking. I got to break it. I got to break it because I'm going to distribute your light to the world. Because a light shouldn't be hidden. There's so many things I want people to see, but you got to let me break your pride. You got to let me break your ego. You got to let me break off that lust. You got to let me break these things off your life. Because once you allow me to constantly break you and constantly mold you and constantly sharpen you and constantly chisel you, you don't just look like what you used to look like before. There's something on the inside of you that is only revealed when you're broken, when I'm stretching you, when I'm teaching you, when I'm chiseling you, when I'm molding you. There's a light on the inside of you that you start to become. But, but you're never going to see the light if you don't allow me to break it, crush it, chisel it. Yeah, I, I know that broke your heart, but it's really going to heal your soul. <laughs> I, I, know, I know that hurt. I know you ain't like it. I know it's uncomfortable, but I got to break it. You want to be blessed? I know that. You want me to grow your platform? I know that. You want to have provisions? I know that. But will you let me break you so that your light can shine before men? Because this is how a lot of us want to be. I want to be a light of the world. I want to turn up for Jesus and let everybody know about him. But until you're broken, this is how you look. This is how you look. You have potential to look like this, to glow. Now, here's the thing about this. You really can't see how much this is glowing when the light is on it. Oh, but when a pandemic hits, when a crisis hits, people look for the light. And you are the light of the world. But I want to take you from here. I got to break you. See, when you run, you're running from the process of being a light. Jesus took it, he blessed it, and he broke it. And I'm trying to get somebody to see. The breaking is so that somebody else can see. The breaking is for someone else. I said, Moses, listen, I did this so that they may believe that I appeared to you question is, will you allow me to break you so that you can glow in the dark? This is so good, y'all. He took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it. And this is something that stood out to me about this text. Verse 20 of Matthew chapter 14, it says, so they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. This shows me God doesn't waste anything. This is Jesus showing us, I'm not a God that believes in waste. There may be extra because I am the God of the overflow, but all of that is essential. 
No season is wasted. We might need this bread tomorrow. We might need this fish tomorrow. I'm not wasting anything. For those of you who are watching this message and you feel like I wasted so much time, I'm looking from this passage and I'm seeing right now, we're not wasting nothing. We're not wasting nothing. Even your mistakes, I could turn that into you being a glow stick. But you're going to have to allow me to break you and stop running from what God has given you the authority to seize. Number three, what you run into will always be worse than what you're running from. Please hear me. What you're running to will always be worse than what you're running from. You have Bible to corroborate your claim. I do. Jonah. God gave him an instruction and he ran another direction. And what Jonah ran into? <laughs> he didn't like God's command, but I promise you, God forgiving Nineveh is so much better than you sitting in a well stomach acid. It's so much better. And a lot of us right now are in the belly of some whales because God gave you an instruction. God gave you a calling, gave you a mission. Somebody need to forgive, something you need to let go. And you're sitting just like Jonah in the belly of a big fish. Not because God is punishing you because that's a whole word in itself. It could have chewed you up, but it swallowed you. Thank God for some stuff that didn't chew us, but it swallowed us. While you're sitting here, it's an opportunity for you to recognize what I'm calling you to is more important than how you feel. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you don't think you have. I'm giving you the authority to seize it, but you have to stop running. You have to stop running. And last point, rain only benefits the planted. Rain only benefits the planted. This is why you go through a storm. And somebody else goes through a storm, and they seem to be on fire. They seem to be growing. And you're like, how could you be like that in a pandemic? How could you be like that? In, in a global crisis, I got laid off. I got furloughed. And you're over here smiling and laughing. You're going through the same stuff I'm going through. How could you still have joy? It's because storms only benefit the planet. This is not, listen, this is not breaking from me. I've grown and had a prayer life through this season. I've sought God more than I've ever sought him before because of this pandemic, because of this crisis, because of the layoff, because of the loss of life, because of the difficulty. I've grown from this. And the difference is I've allowed God to purge me. I've allowed God to break me. And so now I have some roots. But when you keep running, you never get depth. On this Pentecost Sunday, God is saying there's a fire. There's a work of the Holy Spirit that I want to do in your life. But I need your surrender. I need your surrender. And the reason you keep going through hardship and difficulty and you feel like nothing is ever showing from it, you're not planted in me. You're not planted. You're not planted. Jesus only gets weekend custody of your life. That's it. Just Sundays. That's it. Only time you open your Bible, when Jerry says, turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 4. I have weekend custody, service custody, but I don't have custody of your heart. You come to me when something bad happens in your life, 
and you treat me like Santa Claus. You give me your wish list, but you don't give me your life and your obedience. And I want to do some mighty things in your life, and you're wondering why all of this is happening. Everybody else is talking about God is good, and I'm not understanding how. You keep running. You keep running. Yeah, it's going to cost you some friends. Yeah, it might cost you uh, give some apologies to certain people. There's some things that have to end. I understand that. But what you're running from, you're always going to run into something worse than if you run to me. And I just feel like in this moment, God is like this. Open arms. He's the type of God. I don't care what you did. Just come back. Just come back. Just, just, just come back. Whatever you did, just come back. Walking home. Walking down that prodigal road, he's running to you. You're about to explain to him all the stuff. And I don't want to hear that. Kill the fattest calf. Put a ring on his finger. My son was lost. My son was dead. And now he's found. And my prayer in this moment right now, right now, I felt burdened all weekend studying for this. Somebody is running because you think you have time. You think you have time. You don't know how much time you have. Our life is like a vapor. If anything that 2020 and also 2021 has showed us is you are not in control and the world can change like this. Whoever you are, wherever you are, listening to this once this is loaded up on the podcast or watching me live, God wants your surrender. And I want you to do something different. Once this service is over, I'm about to pray, I want you to give God at least 10 minutes of your time. 10 minutes. That's it. On Pentecost Sunday, I dare you to see if something will happen. Silence your phone, put it on airplane mode, whatever you have to do for 10 minutes. Just seek God. Create a house fire wherever you are. Create a house fire. If you're watching me in another part of the world, watching me here in Houston or all over America, create a house fire. God has something wonderful for your life. But you're running. You're running. You don't have to understand the how. Give him the how, he'll give you the wow. You don't have to understand it. But God is saying, will you trust me? Just like Moses, grab the serpent by the tail. That's the most vulnerable place for you to grab it. But I'm the head over the head. And I want you to trust me. Even if you can't trace me, trust me. Even if you don't understand me, trust me. Because I have a hope. And I have a future for your life. And you're so caught up in regretting the past and so fearful of the future that you're being tormented on today. But on today, today, would you give God your surrender? God, forgive us for running. Whatever it is that we're running from, I don't know, God, but you, you burden us for this moment to have a conversation with your people. There is a pressure to run, to avoid, to ignore. And there's something right now that you're saying, you can't run from this one. You've been running for five, six years. This is a pattern that has to stop. Because when you run, you limit what I am trying to show other people. I want to use you as my billboard, but you keep running from my surgery. God, would you help us? So just like this passage in Matthew, we give our lives to you so that you could bless it, you could break it, and give us to the world. And no season is wasted. We love you. 
and you have given us the power to seize whatever it is that we have been running from. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.